You're listening to Empowered Parenting, real parents, real stories. Tune in to help you and your children build resilience. Let's get connected. Welcome to Empowered Parenting, real parents, real stories. Cindy, this topic today is so sort of near and dear to my insides, and I think it's going to be the most helpful one we record for me. We're talking about parental guilt today, um, and I think that any parent listening to this can relate. Um, parenting the, in the pandemic is just, it's just ridden with guilt. So I'm really excited to get into this today. Uh, we're going to meet a new mom. Her name is Krista. She has two boys, ages four and a half and two and a half. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to meet a dad named Kevin. And I'm really excited about that because it's so rare that men talk about parental guilt. And I think it's amazing that Kevin agreed to come on. And he has twin girls who are seven. So let's get into this and let's hear how Krista is doing in her feelings of guilt. I'm so happy that you can join us today and we are going to be talking about the kind of heavy theme of feeling guilt as a parent and, and guilt is a funny thing you know there there is an element of guilt that is actually really important and serves a good purpose uh, we feel guilt to help us understand where perhaps we have made an error and guilt often helps us to repair mistakes we've made to um, repair relationship. Guilt is also tied very much into empathy. If you care about another person, then presumably you will feel guilty if you do something wrong. So that's kind of a, a healthy purpose of guilt. But guilt also has a place where it sits and it sits in the person very often in places where we actually have no control and yet we continue to feel guilt and it often serves to just make us feel terrible but no other real significant purpose. So Krista, my friend, do you ever feel feelings of guilt in your role as a mom with your two kids? Um, yes, I can't say that there's been a day since, you know, my journey with motherhood has started, if you want to call it that, that I haven't felt guilt. And I would actually extend that to the um, pregnancy and like preconception phase of my parenthood life, because there was like, even in that there's like, oh, are you, are you doing everything right for your body? And, you know, what are you exposing this like little embryo fetus mini person to? And and all of that, there's guilt like the whole way through. It doesn't, it doesn't stop actually. I never actually thought of that. Yes, yes, of course. Yes. I guess like the minute one is perhaps trying to have a baby in whichever way one is trying to do that, I guess the guilt begins there. It's like, it's like the switch that goes off. The minute one enters into parenthood, one immediately gets the stream of capacity to feel guilt. And so in the, in the here and now, and, and if we think of certainly the year we've all had this pandemic year, can you highlight some of the places um, or moments where you might've felt guilt and describe a little bit what that felt to you? Oh, yeah. I will say that the pandemic is basically like in, in my experience, the ultimate parental guilt factory. Uh, and I think I think that's true for parents who, who don't work as much as it is true for parents who do work and are trying to balance 
how to deal with their kids who are now like suddenly at home and like you're it in terms of taking care of them. Plus like having uh, to fulfill all of your responsibilities at work. And then like trying to make sure that your partner also gets to fulfill all of their responsibilities at work. And so I think like in, in our household, the beginning of the pandemic, I would say probably like the first two months were particularly guilt filled. So I like in my medical practice, the first couple of months were unbelievably demanding in, in terms of work. So just all of the things that I had to, to arrange for work, how to figure out how to work in this new environment, plus then having the kids home full time, it was, it was almost impossible to feel at any point that I was doing well in either my parenting or professional lives. It was, they were clashing constantly. That sounds, I mean, I love the word clashing because I can imagine that even in your body, that's likely what it felt like to feel like I actually don't feel like I'm doing anything particularly well because I'm spread so thin and how, you know, for sure in your professional medical career, but maybe even more so as a mom to feel like I'm not doing as good as I should be doing. And I think um, the idea of like, I should be doing A, B, and C is probably a classic way that we often think about things. And that, those are like guilt words. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, using the word clash, like it's, it's almost like a metaphor for how it must have felt in your body to feel like you just weren't getting anything as right as you wanted to. Does the word should ever pop into your mind? Yes, in fact, it does all the, all the time. Um, like I should pay more attention to the kids when it's my turn to look after them. I should stop checking my email and taking phone calls when it's like time to wind down and, and relax a bit. I should give my partner more time to do his work. Um, you know, it, like it just goes on and on really. There's, there's always an obligation that you're not meeting at, at some level. Um, to yeah. yourself or to others which like feels like such a setup like to, to, to hear you say there's always an obligation that is not being fulfilled it feels like we are just like set up for failure and and so I think you know for you and for anyone who's listening the importance of needing to pay attention to those words that we say to ourselves I should be doing a b and c because those have potential to be dangerous words and we're, we'll get more into it um a little bit later So Elisa, oh my God, Chris is so articulate and, and even like her choice of words as she was talking, like I can see us having the feeling of like everything she's saying resonating so much. And Elisa, while I don't think this is actually a word in the dictionary, you created a verb called shoulding. <laughs> and I know the word should and how that word feels in our body. Like it, it, I know it resonates with you. And I know this podcast especially felt really important for you to put out there. And so like, talk to me, talk to me about like how that came to be for you. So I, Sydney, I'm going to tell you and our listeners a story and it's a pretty benign story when you listen to it, but it sort of encapsulates the really, really, really um, deep rooted shooting that is going on with me and that's causing this clash of 
like constant parental guilt. That's just like, it's, it's like in my bloodstream, like running, like really strong through me. So a couple of weeks ago, um, we, there was this, a, a Jewish holiday that has a particular type of cookie that you're supposed to eat on it. And so, you know, if you like scroll through Instagram and look at all these things, there's all these moms and parents making these lovely, they're called hamantashen and they're all making them with their kids. And so you feel like you should do this. And uh, First Foundations, our school was actually selling dough to do it. And one of my lovely members of my leadership team actually bought me the dough to make with my kids. So it got delivered to my house. And like, how easy is this? I don't even have to make the dough. I get to do the like Instagram worthy activity with my kids and like check off the box. Like I should bake with my children on this holiday. Again, like this is like a ridiculous thing compared to what Krista is talking about, right? The weekend went by and I did not make these cookies with my kids. It just, I, it didn't, it didn't happen for a multitude of reasons. They didn't want to, I didn't feel like it, but I should be making these cookies. And at eight o'clock on Sunday night, after I'd made dinner and cleaned up the kitchen, I took this container of dough out of the fridge and I started rolling with a rolling pin and flour. And my husband walked into the kitchen and he said to me, what are you doing? Like you just, we just finished cleaning the kitchen. It's eight o'clock at night. And I looked at him and I started bawling. Something about that container of dough was so triggering to me. It, it. It's like it symbolized my every failure as a I've had in my life that if I didn't make these hamantashen, I was just this massive failure. And if I just made them, everything would be okay. It was I. It was like the dough melted and I melted, and it was just. And that's when I knew that I was really struggling with this idea of should. And, and, and these stupid cookies just, just like they, they, they represented everything, everything that I was doing wrong, everything that I should be doing. And that's when I wanted to, to do this podcast on shoulding, because for me, it was like a year of shoulding just bottled up into this one container of dough. It set me over the edge, a container of dough. Oh my God, Elisa, you are so, you're always so powerful and so honest. And, and I know when you speak, like our listeners likely feel like, oh my God, she's speaking what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. And, and you're so metaphoric in how you speak. Um, you know, how you talk about this, you know, bucket of dough, essentially representing every one of your failures. Krista was talking about this idea of um, there's always an obligation that's not being fulfilled. And, and that's such a, wonderful fertile ground for guilt to go from and with the pandemic as Krista said the ultimate guilt factory um you know it literally is it's crazy when she said that I was like it it's literally a factory it just produces guilt every minute of the day from like the most important things in your life like your career and the health of your children to the stupid bucket of dough it's it's crazy and it doesn't That's how just... you really feel. <laughs> so here's the thing, Elisa. I think, like, I'm trying to imagine, like, a listener listening to this first part of this podcast. And I think what I would want most mm-hmm. is for this first part to be a massive dose of validation, a massive dose of this is a really common parenting feeling. It is particularly strong amongst moms. 
Um, and I'm sure there's, there's actually some biology behind that, but I won't get into that. And it is particularly intense over this last year because pressures and expectations are so much higher. And so I just want listeners and you to sit and let that let that be, let that sink in. I'm not alone. So many parents, almost all feel this and that this feeling is so intense in the body that it does feel like a clash, like a, like a little war inside of us. And I just want everyone to sit with that and hold that and let that be okay. And after we talk with Krista the next time, we are gonna talk a little bit about, okay, what do we do with this feeling? And how do we manage it? Because if we just let it sit there and let it absorb and absorb, well, I think we know where it can take us. It can take us. Well, the, fa- the factory keeps producing. That's what happens. Yeah. It just keeps producing. Like yeah. it's, it's a vicious cycle of production. Yeah. So the factory keeps producing and what it produces inside of us internally goes beyond feelings of guilt. Uh, it actually could lead into all sorts of other feelings, which then lead to behavior. But let's go back to Krista. Let's see what she has to say and we'll come back. Krista, I want to go back to what you were saying earlier when we were talking about this notion of like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I'm going to push you a little bit here. Um, I'm wondering if you can share, you know, if I was inside your brain and inside your emotional body, and I was watching this unfold in you. What is kind of the narrative that goes on in your head? And then what are the emotions that get triggered for you when you're having those I should moments, which it kind of sounds like you have on, on such a regular, consistent basis? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's like, it, it brings up such a like, like an ugly side of me that's like, it's, it's very hard to always reconcile with who I hope that I am as a person more genuinely. But, you know, I, like I'll, I'll give you an example because I think that might be an easier way to, to express it. So at the very early parts of the pandemic, my, at that point, less than two-year-old was going through a phase where he'd wake up at 5.30 in the morning and that's when my day would start with him. But I was also trying to get up at five in the morning to get some paperwork done because that's the only time that I had it. So I would be sitting on the couch. I'd hear him crying from upstairs and I think, oh, I just like, I just need to get this last bit done. Like this is, this is going to drive me nuts. I would go get him from his room and I'd be grumpy with him right from the start of the day. And I think, oh, I should be more understanding of him. He's little, he doesn't understand what it is that I'm trying to do. And then I'd sit there trying to hold him, play with him while I'm reviewing documents and trying to do my thing. And, and it would be like, I just need to get this done. I just, I just, I just, and then I get mad at him. And it was like, I, and then I'm mad at myself because I shouldn't get mad at him. I should be patient with him. I should be caring towards him. And, and I also should be finishing my work because I don't have any other time in the next 24 hours to do this. And I would just get caught in this like horrible cycle of feeling inadequate at managing my sweet little boy who just wakes up early because he's like a little dude and you know having to fulfill my obligations to my patients my colleagues all all of that and it I just end up feeling like like I think anger was the presenting emotion but inside it was like frustration and sadness and guilt at like not managing 
anything in my life particularly well uh, in that moment. And really it felt like the entire day, like not just in that moment, but it was sort of like the, the setup for the whole day. That's how it started and that's how it went and that's how it finished every day. Honestly, Krista, like you're so honest and so articulate. Like I actually feel a bit emotional myself. Like it sounds, <laughs> it sounds so heavy, but it also sounds like a trap. It sounds like it's like this spinning vortex that you can't get out of. And what a crazy self-fulfilling prophecy that you start off with these kind of frustrations about not kind of being able to do the best at everything that you want to, and then feeling guilty. And then those guilty feelings make you feel angry. And then perhaps you actually really are not behaving the way you want to. And so there you have it. There you have some reason to feel guilt. What a trap. And Absolutely. I have to imagine, Krista, you know, for sure in the pandemic, but even outside of the pandemic, that this has to be such a common feeling. It's a common feeling for parents. I think that we typically think of it more as a feeling that a mom feels because very often a mom feels that she has to take on that much more than a male partner. Um, but we do know that dads feel it too, albeit differently. But it is, and, and the other thing is that it's such an internal process. Like when you just described that one morning, that was like all in your head. Those were thoughts upon thoughts that trigger feelings, and then those feelings trigger feelings. And what a roller coaster. Krista, like I, I, I know that listeners are going to listen and I swear as they listen, I'm sure that some of them are going to get like their eyes welled up because you just spoke so frankly about something that is true and honest and common and 100% would resonate with so many parents. I'm so grateful that you are here. I'm so grateful that you're a friend of mine. I am so grateful that you were willing to kind of expose this part of yourself because I don't think that this is something that we share with others too often. We kind of often feel a bit ashamed about the guilt we feel or how we behave. And I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're welcome. <laughs> Wow, Cindy, it's so crazy to listen to Krista talk because it's so wild. The amount of compassion that you have, like that a listener has for her um, and the amount of like her, her inability to be compassionate towards herself is so crazy. Um, before we start unpacking this and, and hear what you have to say to all of us parents who are suffering like Krista, uh, I'm really excited to hear the perspective of a dad. I think it's really powerful. I don't think anybody ever asks men, like, how do you balance it all? Like, how do you make it all work? You know, it's, it's something that we say to women all the time, like, but no one ever thinks to ask a man. So I'm really glad that we did. Um, because I think it's just so crazy that no one says it to men. So let's hear what Kevin has to say about how he manages his parental guilt. joining us and and just before you came on you, you know we we're talking a lot about experiencing the feeling of guilt as a parent and if you even just google parental guilt there will be so many articles about that theme and the truth is for the most part a lot of these articles focus on 
uh, moms feeling guilt. But we have you, a dad of twin girls, age seven, and I can't help but wonder that this cannot be an experience or a feeling that only moms feel. So I wanted, I was interested to ask you, you know, you're not my neighbor. I, you're such an involved dad. I see you all the time with the girls. Mm-hmm. Is guilt something that you ever feel in your role as dad? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely something that I feel. Obviously, I can't speak for, uh, you know, all, all dads, but it's, it's definitely something that, that I encounter, you know, my journeys as a, as a parent. Um, and so for you, like, if you can imagine like your trigger points of like the kinds of moments where you would find yourself feeling guilty, do you feel like kind of sharing a bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's the obvious ones where uh, maybe you become upset about something and, you know, it's something maybe the children have done or maybe, you know, just in your own life, you've got your own stresses and, you know, they come to you with something at the wrong time and, you know, you're already feeling stressed out and maybe you uh, lose your temper a little bit. And uh, there's definitely a wave of guilt that happens after that, after they've gone away, either maybe in tears or with a sad face and you just feel terrible. And you're like, oh, what have I done? You know, that wasn't, it wasn't their responsibility and you feel this need to make it up to them. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly have occurrences like that. Wow. And even, like, I find that even fascinating because like in, I can only base on my practice and, and when I have the opportunity to work with a mom and a dad. And I sometimes don't feel that dads feel they have permission to even talk about that kind of guilt. But but that makes so much sense. You know, you kind of lose it on your kids. And maybe even as it's coming out of your mouth, it's like, oh, my God, why am I laying this on them? You know, this is too harsh or this is really all about me. And then and the feeling of guilt that comes in that makes us feel badly um, for what we're doing. So Cindy, I think that the message is clear here. <laughs> Kevin, Krista, me, the entire world, we feel like we should do things. We feel guilty. So like pretend me, Kevin and Krista are sitting in your office. Help. Like, what do we do? How do we wade through this guilt? Because it's consuming us. And I think a really not helpful way and yeah, help. Okay. And, and I know like it seems like such a simple question, but it's not a simple answer because guilt is such a psychological and emotional experience. It's complex. So I'm going to do the best that I can. But if I had you sitting in my office, all three of you, with all your different versions of stories of guilt, I think what I would say to all of you and what I would say to listeners and what I say to myself is when, when you find yourself having a moment where, where guilt is just vortexing through your mind and through your body, eliciting so many feelings, um, you know, like Krista said, anger, frustration, sadness. I think what's important to do is to actually like step out of that vortex for a minute and try to be an observer to your own self. And so what that means is it means pulling yourself out of your head for a minute pulling yourself out of those thoughts that are kind of incessant, snowballing one after the other. And being an observer to your own self means taking your thoughts and what you're thinking about and looking at them and analyzing them. And so that would mean something like, let's say using Krista's example of when her you know, son got up so early in the morning and, and she ends up feeling you know, frustrated and upset and then ends up feeling guilty for not being so patient with him. So you you pull yourself out of that and you say, okay, I'm feeling really guilty because I'm so mindful that I'm not being the parent I want to be right now and I'm not being patient. But 
these other realities. You know, my kid is little, he's a toddler. His sleep is kind of not completely organized yet. He gets up so early. Yes, I have a lot of work to do. And that clash is making me feel angry. And then the analysis comes as, is this something I can do anything about? And is this something that I need to pay attention to or I need to let go? And the point of being an observer is to be able to determine what kind of guilt is this? Is this guilt that's trying to help me to make a correction or a shift? Or is this guilt that essentially is really meant to make me feel worse and worse and I can't actually do too much about it? Okay, so I, have to, I have to stop you there because I have a question. Yeah. yeah. When you say is this guilt that's making, so it can be productive guilt. So like if Krista is feeling guilty you use it to correct your behavior and be more patient with your child? Is that what you mean? So, well, essentially, yeah. I mean, take so let's take your example. So if you, Elisa, were to become an observer of yourself in that moment with the humintushin, where like the guilt was so rampant inside of you that you felt you had no choice but to, at the end of your night, pull out that dough and start making humintushin. Being an observer to yourself in that moment would be like, okay, I'm feeling guilty because I feel like I should have made those humantessions, but I didn't for all sorts of reasons. Are the humantessions so important? Is this moment an absolute reflection of who I am as a mom? And I have a feeling you'd be able to answer that question. The answer okay. would be humantessions are not critical. And that I'm, I'm no less of a mom because I didn't do them. I can let this go. I don't need to correct this because I know mostly I am a really good mom and this isn't a make it or break it moment in my parenting. Right. And so that's what it means to be an observer. It means pull yourself out of your thoughts, observe, analyze, decide if this is productive guilt or non-productive guilt. And then here's the key. The key is once you make that decision, that's empowered parenting. That's where you yeah. as a parent make a choice. This moment has made me decide that, yeah, I actually need to correct something here. I actually do need to shift. Or this moment has made me realize I can let this go. This isn't a determination of who I am as a parent. And boy, oh boy, is that an empowered experience to get there. I actually like, like, I don't always feel like sort of like enlightened listening to you like sometimes I feel like that sounds good but I don't know that I can do it but I actually feel empowered listening to that like I can actually visualize myself having that conversation with myself and making a choice like I've never thought about like the dialogue in my head to say you know like like go outside myself is this a reflection of me as a parent and is it really important so I can actually see that actually sounds really helpful this has been really helpful Cindy <laughs> well I'm so I'm so glad Okay, so I think that that is a really good segue into talking about um, our topic for next week. We're going to dive into another topic that is another one that's so emotionally charged for parents, and that is limit setting. Um, and we are going to meet a new mom uh, named Rebecca, who is going to be our guest, and we're going to talk about limit setting and not from the perspective of kids, but from the perspective of us parents and why we get so charged with it. So thank you for listening and we'll look forward to connecting with you next week.